0: Buddy, how you doing? Well, that's good. You're listening to PHLY Flyers Post Game, brought to you by Mortgage CS. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of Funny Games for the evening. Long time no see, everybody. <laughs> it's, it's been about what 15-20 minutes since we last spoke, and uh, I'm still... I, I don't know, JP. I'm still kind of like, <laughs> I have no idea what happened in that game. I'm going to be totally honest with everyone. I know that the final score was 4-1. It looked like some uh, rough stuff was going on. <laughs> there was, was hockey played. Yeah, there was there was some <laughs> hockey. Uh, they played three periods, as is typically the case. Beyond that, I can't really tell you because the story tonight has, uh, has been Cutter Gauthier if... You somehow have missed it. Uh, We just did an emergency pod about half an hour ago. Check that out, guys. Uh, But yeah, check that out. It's right here on the YouTube page. I'm pretty sure it got podcasted as well. Um, 2022 fifth overall pick, Cutter Gauthier sent to Anaheim in exchange for Jamie Drysdale, right-handed defenseman. He was the sixth overall pick in 2020. Uh, Flyers also receive a second round pick mm-hmm. in next year's draft, the 2025 draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, so getting some assets there. Um I, I'll tell you, man, this is this Let's is really in. throwing me for a loop. You did a great job setting this thing up. We did the emergency pod, so you Thank weren't you. really able to chime in while Charlie <laughs> and I were live. But just, JP, what was your initial reaction when this broke
1: shortly after puck drop? Well, I mean, listen, Bill, we're, we're Philly sports fans, right? So we've been through this before as a Philly sports fan. So this one is just like another one of those, like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, how does this happen? Like, just to paint this picture, this is – one of the this was one of our top prospects, top three prospects at our pool. It was killing at BC, had a great tournament with the team USA at the World Juniors, and then all of a sudden he gets traded
0: in the middle of a Pittsburgh game. That was <laughs> the timing of it. It all like so weird. As we're learning the time frame of events, it's starting to make more and more sense. Uh, we knew that jonesy and danny b had gone to sweden for the world juniors right and like i said with charlie eh, they had a couple of guys there but i mean cutter goche is the reason they're in sweden for and sure. as it turns out <laughs> more than we even knew not only is he the top prospect they have there one of the two top prospects in the organization but he really hadn't been communicating with them basically at all since he to- told them around the world championships Last year, beginning of last summer, I guess around the Stanley Cup playoffs, same time, yeah. uh, that he didn't really care to be a Philadelphia Flyer, and he hadn't really been in communication with the organization at all. Uh, they tell us after he said that because he's you know a freshman in college, basically, he just finished his freshman year of college. He had gone to the World Gen- Juniors, uh, you know, that prior you know, December, January. Then he goes and plays in the World Championships. This teenager is probably tired, and his head is swimming. He tell uh, so we're going to give him some space. We're not going to make this a big deal. We're yeah. gonna. They quietly shopped him, as Charlie told us at the draft. They right. offered. That they offered telling. him the Montreal for the fifth pick, but they just kind of thought if we can talk to him, maybe we can change his mind. They attempted to do that in Sweden, and he did not meet with them. <sighs> Man, that is. Uh, It's just not great for the... There's a lot of fans right now that I am... I'm commiserating with because this just shows, like, how tough this needle of a rebuild is to thread. Oh, yeah. People are nervous that this is going to be a bigger trend. Like, oh, the things that people... Because we've kind of, I don't know, contributing to, like, the a rebuild of John Tortorella's, like, perception. I, don't, I wouldn't <laughs> say that, but I do think he has, maybe not softened, but he's earned a bad reputation over the years that when you really look at it, it's like, actually, a ton of players really like this guy. Yeah. A ton don't, though. Yeah. And uh, something I was just looking up, and I want to bring this up with Charlie when he joins us, JP. Mm-hmm. Looked up a list of NCAA players who have refuse to sign with the team that drafted them typically it's guys who believe maybe they were underdrafted adam fox alex kerfoot jimmy vc guys who go in the later rounds and it's like what do i owe this Uh, they picked my name out of a hat basically like i'm a third round pick i'm some guy to them and they ultimately just want to choose their destination like adam fox famously was just like I ain't playing here. Like he was in Calgary, then he was in Carolina, and he just kept making it known. Like I want to be a Ranger. Eventually, just ended up signing with the Rangers. I was traded eventually to the Rangers for like nothing, but it happens. One first round pick I could find who didn't, who was refused to sign, Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes, of course, went to BC. These puzzle pieces are connected hey, now. Kevin Hayes, of course, went to Boston College, <laughs> uh, was drafted by the Chicago Blackhawks in right? the first round. Now, a lot of people think he was overdrafted, was more of like a mid-second round pick maybe, mm-hmm. uh, but surprisingly was taken early, and he was just like, nah. And he eventually ended up with the Rangers, shockingly. Uh, but <sighs> these puzzle pieces are all starting to come together. Do I think like a game of golf with uh, Kevin Hayes probably putting a couple away. Dude, you never know. Like, do I think that ultimately made up this kid's mind? No, but it's a puzzle piece. Like, what? I, you were showing me that interview where he yeah, talked about the, uh, golfing. That, that podcast, yeah, yeah. with with Kevin Hayes. And, man, this is – do you think this is the beginning of a bigger issue for this team? I,
1: I don't think so. I think this is just the situation that Cutter just maybe talking to Kevin Hayes – looking at the situation, looking at the Flyers play as well, maybe thinking like, that's not maybe the conducive play style that I want to play because, dude, look how he likes to play. He's, he's a little showboat out there a little bit. So maybe he just looked at it at a bigger scheme and just didn't think it was, was the right fit for him. But the concerning part of what you're mentioning is the fact that he wasn't keeping up with with communication with the Flyers. That's the more concerning part. That's immaturity. And yeah. that is something, listen, I get it. We were all mature at 19 years old. Oh we were all God. doing... Bill was over here not paying his electric bill. So we've all <laughs> done dumb stuff at, at 19 it got paid sometimes.
0: <laughs> it's like 75% of the time he got paid. But that
1: is like extremely concerning because you need to have open communication. This team draft, this team owned, essentially own the rights to you. So you need to have that open dialogue. The fact that it didn't happen, the fact that the Flyers were even talking about trading at the at the draft time this past year... It is extremely telling. And unfortunately, again, you look at it as a Philly sports fan because, like, I, you know me, I'm looking at this rebuild and I'm obviously going to compare it to the Sixers one. And, like, this brings me similar
0: thoughts of, like, when I found out the Markel Fultz injuries. It's, I was like, oh,
1: no. I think that's
0: the most concerning thing is, like, a rebuild is really hard because I point to things. Seriously. I man. point to things like the Buffalo Sabres all the time. Oh, yeah. 10 consecutive top 10 picks, including two ones and two twos. Yeah. They're terrible. They, yeah. They're not good. Like <laughs> and it's been a it's been a long time for them, and they haven't made the playoffs since Mike Richards knocked them out in 2011. Like it's been a long, long time for that team, and they're still like not that much further along than they were five years ago. It's this so is a hard, hard thing to do, and it is giving me those man all the things that might go wrong. Ken vibes that the Sixers did like with the Sixers, it was injuries, taking the wrong guys, all those sorts of things. Now, I'm still confident Matt Vay-Mishkov is going to come over. For sure. But it just makes that wait a little longer. Like, yeah. Gauthier was going to be, at the very least, a nice, like, I expected him to join this team in late April, maybe, or in, like, mid-April when his college season ended. It was at least going to be, all right, our, our stud isn't here but this dude, who we've been watching it, watching tear it up, you know, at juniors, world championships, uh, in uh, or world juniors and world championships, and the NCAA, he's here and he's going to be scoring some goals for us, and at least we'll have that to get us through until some other guys start to show up. That has been taken away from us now. You had some more realistic expectations. I'm looking at Mishkov and
1: Gauthier as my Tays and Kane. That's how I was looking at it. And you're right, mm-hmm. Bill. Like any little one of these situations can happen injuries happen players not wanting to play here that's why it's so important to build a culture that torch is doing right now because listen if it's not got it's going to be another player and the flyers have to be prepared with that culture and that's what they're doing right now
0: and that's i I see a lot of comments like what if he just didn't want to play for john tortorella that what what do you think it is
1: why do you want to play here
0: that's a definite i guess possibility i just think like in hockey especially Mm-hmm. like I mean in all pro sports coaches are like Andy Reed Bill Belichick these things are one in a million it feel mm-hmm. like you know how many coaches get hired and fired during the ten years of these guys like John Tortorella uh, we're already hearing rumors that he might not be the coach next year. Now, he'll still be, like, the rumor is, like, they'll bring in Baruby and then Tortorella will move to a different role in the front office, and so I guess you're still kind of playing for John Tortorella, and I can't imagine Craig is like, the easiest dude in the world to play for, (laughs) but nor are 90% of NHL coaches, and the ones who are easy to play for, like DJ Smith, are pushovers, and their teams with high expectations suck, Mm -hmm. so, like, I... If you're making the decision about the first, I mean, we're talking about seven years of a guy's NHL career before he can actually become like an unrestricted free agent. If you're making that decision based on the current head coach of a team, that's asinine. Mm -hmm. Like he's not going to be your coach that long. You're not going to have to deal with him. John Tortorella doesn't last that long anywhere. And I, I just, I can't imagine that's the reason or like the top reason But I'm very interested to see what happens now with. um, I'm very interested to see what happens now with Gauthier, and if he has a destination in mind where he's just like, "I want to go. I want to go to this specific place." Or he was just like, "Nah, fuck Philly," like because you just look at the situations. And yes, John Tortorella is hard to play for. He's not for everybody, and that's where I'm ultimately landing here. If you don't want to be here, I don't want you. But just the situation of like where he fits in cuz i think that played a big part in uh in kevin hayes's decision cuz it's like all right well i ain't playing the first line i'm probably not playing the set. like where do i fit <laughs> in philly they need exactly whether gochay is a winger or a center they need exactly what he is right i look at i i, I look at where he was just traded to now anaheim i'm like That's a lot of young talent dude trevor zeechris yep like, they have all these guys, Mason McTavish, uh, Troy Terry. Practice, man. Like, they they have all these really good young players who are ahead of him. And, like, he's going to be a third, second, third-line player for them. And that, like, yes, he's ultimately going to probably be, uh, at the very least, an excellent goal scorer in this league. Sure. I don't know about Superstar, but it really looks like he's going to produce some offense at this level. Yeah, it looks like it. If that's the case, like, he's going to get paid, but, like, I don't know if you're on the second power play unit, if you're only getting third line minutes, like your first couple of contracts, you ain't going to make that much. He's going to make a ton here just because like who else is doing it? Someone has to score goals. Even if he's not that good, he's going to score a bunch of goals because he's going to be on the top line. So I'm interested to see how his situation plays out there. If he joins the ducks at the end of the regular season, what all, uh, what all plays out here, but just (laughs) I'll tell you something. This is interesting to me. Al Morgani, and you pointed this out to me as I was getting ready for the, uh, for the emergency we did. I'm just throwing my hands up, like not really listening to anything, just getting (laughs) ready to go live. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. We'll see. Right, Al Morgani said at one of the intermission reports, uh, that Cutter has been mad basically since he was sent back to college. He wanted to be one and done at Boston College. And I remember Uh, hearing that like when he was drafted. He was like, yeah, I want to do my freshman year, go to college, and then uh, I want to go pro. Allegedly, Danny B is the one who kind of spearheaded the effort to be like, "Ah, why don't you go back? Why don't you do another year in college and then join us after this season? He was unhappy about that, and that starts to make – the uh, the timeline of all this makes sense because Danny says that when they drafted him, he said, I was built to be a flyer, wanted mm-hmm. to be here. A year goes by, then he goes to world championships. He had seven goals in 10 games at world championships. And that is, listen, tearing it up at world juniors, tearing it up in the NCAA. That's one thing. There is a ton of pro and NHL level talent at the world championships. Yeah. He had seven goals in 10 games. He clearly believed himself ready and like kind of proved it. If he's mad about that, that's something. And while this could just be speculation, I do want it like the source of this information, Al Morganti. That's Al. He's... (laughs) he's got serious connections to college hockey uh, in Boston, obviously BC. Like he basically banged down the door to get Johnny Goudreau in there. BU didn't want it like that whole thing. He's got connections up there. He's from Boston and he's got, I would not brush off this report that this is the thing maybe that was the cause of his frustration more so than anything to do with like Tortorella or the direction of the franchise or anything like that. Simply the decision to tell him, we want you to go back another year of college.
1: But then like the counter argument is like, okay, so Danny Breer tells you that, but dude, he had, Cutter had a great year in college this past year. So if anything, Danny may have helped you. So like, I look at this and like, Bill, like, is this kind of like the generational issue where Cutter didn't like the situation that was happening? It wasn't going in his favor. So he's like, you know what? Fine. I'm going to let it play out. I'm going to kill it at BC. I'm going to kill it at Team USA. And I'll find my own path because as we're seeing now in every sport, not just in hockey, but especially more in basketball, players are taking more of that control, right? So maybe Cutter is trying to try to take control here because he got a little upset. And if that's the case, that adds back to it. Dude, why are you being immature? Come on. You're a professional hockey player here. Shouts to JR with the super chat as well, man.
0: Yeah, it's... um. I- I do think it there might be just something to that cuz when I hear he wouldn't even sit down like that's he and his family dude. refused to meet with Danny and Jonesy and Patrick Sharp was there as well um that's immaturity like i, I don't care if you're not going to sign here don't sign here uh, if you don't want to be here fine but where are the parents, but you're just though? not going to talk to them you're you're going to be like nah but bill if that was you what would your parents have said to you oh they would have it would have uh, listen I, <laughs> Yes, absolutely.
1: Dude, like, dude, no, you got, you got to, you sit got down to talk. To yeah, me. you got to talk.
0: To yeah, at least have to talk to them. But if his, maybe he's just like, I, my mind is made up, and I don't want to have to worry about this anymore. Like, if they were, as much as they say, like, okay, we were just gonna give him his space and see if he changed his mind. If they're shopping him all the way back in what June at the draft, right? They think his mind was pretty well made up. Like you Sounds didn't like draft it. a guy fifth overall to then try to trade him the next draft like a year later. And, uh, and listen, it seems like like I'm just looking at some of these trades that have been made and some of the guys that have been, uh, uh, been moved because they basically refused to go anywhere. And it's like, yeah, Adam Fox got a second round pick back and, Like, um, Kevin Hayes wasn't even traded. He just never signed and then ended up with the Rangers. Like at least they were able to get Jamie Drysdale and a second round pick. Yeah. So it's, it's a pretty decent return. We will see what Jamie Drysdale is, uh, all uh, based on everything I've heard about the kid, I, I've seen him a little, but like I don't watch a ton of Ducks games. Going to be straight up with you. Um, You're not staying up that late. <laughs> I, it's just like the Ducks are terrible. Uh, you know, like uh, he can quarterback a power play, which is something this team badly needs. Yep. He's playing over. Granted, he's only played ten games this year, mm-hmm. but he's playing over twenty-one minutes a game for them. They're using him as a top-end guy. He's got five points in the ten games, despite the injuries he's played with. We're going to talk to Charlie a little later. About the uh, the injury history and why the Flyers think it's kind of behind him right now. Obviously, this organization, with the history of injuries that they are, oh, I'm not. Oh, I'm optimistic that he's fine. Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> it's kind of horrifying that they traded for a guy who missed all but eight games last year and yeah. has only played in ten games so far this year. But if you go back two seasons, as a 19 year old, he had what, 32, 35 points in 81 games. Like, that's yep. pretty damn good. It's durable and it's pretty good production, especially for a teenage defenseman. So, I think they did pretty well with the return. I'm looking forward to seeing Jamie Drysdale, but this is a, this is a disappointment to say the least. But Bill, let's look at a positive here, and the positive to me is the
1: way this organization handled the situation. It was all under wraps; like none none of us heard anything of it. And then the moment where they had to strike, they struck, and that was today. And they got back a prospect that can help us here now and in the future, like you mentioned. And they get a draft pick for next year. So, you know, we talk about Danny Barrera and all these moves he's made since taking over. The man has been straight up cooking, guys. And I think right now, this is a situation that you don't want to ever deal with, right? You don't ever want to have to deal with your one of your top prospects asking or saying he probably doesn't want to play for you, right? But the Flyers... They moved quickly and they got the job done, and I'm I'm happy for this return considering the situation. It's it's unorthodox.
0: I am. I would have loved to see Cutter Gauthier in orange and black for sure, but you can't. I'm not risking the waiting out, and then you no. just can't move him, and he just moves on, and you get nothing for him. Not risking that. You're not there. And honestly, <laughs> if you don't want to be here. I don't want you like That's what it's going to come down to. We've seen it all along. Even if you're a good player, Kevin Hayes is a good player. Ivan Provorov, maybe overrated, maybe overused, but he's a good player. Tony D'Angelo has a role, not a great player, overpaid, but has a role, is good. But the team is better without these guys because they didn't want to be here. The same goes for Cutter. You know what? You're having an awesome college career, uh, great at World Juniors, all this stuff. You haven't done shit in this league. You don't get to dictate to the they Flyers. Might. Like, uh, you're we're going to move on from you. See you later if you don't want to be a part of this. It's all about who buys in. It's all about who wants to be here. The culture, yes, the most important thing is having good players. Mm-hmm. You have to have really good players and a bunch of them if you're going to win but I always look at Tampa. I look at them as an example. <laughs> like, I see someone get hit with the... Uh, someone takes a dirty hit on the ice in a, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Nikita Kucherov, probably the MVP right now this year. His gloves are off and he's swinging before the dude hits the ice. On the spot. Like, that's... It, it has to be a 100% buy-in, even from your top-end guys. And if you weren't going to get that from Cutter as much as this hurts... Better now than later, I guess. Yeah. You know, I, I think back to when they absolutely had to trade Eric Lindros. Yeah, Kim Janssen's a nice player. You should probably get a little bit more for a dude, like one of the best players in your franchise's history, than like him and a couple of throw-in dudes, you know? It's it's, it's better now than when everyone knows you have to trade him.
1: It's funny you mentioned Lindros. Now, we don't know what Cutter's going to be, right? We don't know what his career's going to be. But isn't it ironic that Lindros wanted out of Quebec? And he decided to come. And we wound up getting him, and now many, many years later, Cutter doesn't want to play here, and we got
0: to part ways. Of just him. it's just very uh, interesting. Listen, gotta take a quick second to tell you about Bagels and Company. Uh, as you all know, Bagels and Co. was our presenting sponsor at the Reading Terminal show, which was a a great, great time. If you want the best Brooklyn style bagels made right here with Philly Love, you have to go to Bagels and Company. They have huge bagels. The biggest bagels in Philly, uh, very large, hence the Brooklyn slash New Jersey style, and a huge variety of bagels usually have 15 to 20 different types to choose from daily and seasonal bagels as well. For instance, the uh, Christmas flavored bagel on display for the Christmas season, that is the one that you all saw me eat live on the show it was <laughs> untoasted, uncream cheese, and it was delicious. But mostly out there, you want a topping on your bagel. Well, I guess what? That. Bagels and Company has you covered. Largest cream cheese variety, over thirty different flavors of cream cheeses and schmears. Uh, catered to various sporting events, Philly, uh, Philly themed things. Maybe you're maybe you want to have a little Flyers watch party. Listen, there's only going to be. Only gonna be one Eagles playoff game, probably. So you want those, <laughs> you want those Green Birds bagels. Hit up Brooklyn, hit up Bagels and Co. for their Brooklyn style bagels. And I think most importantly, they are affordable. You get a lot of food for cheap, and who doesn't love that? Uh so please, please do me a favor. For the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly, head to thebagelsandco.com/store-locator to find the closest Bagels and Co. near you. That's thebagelsandco.com/store-locator. Go to Bagels and Co. You could do a lot worse. And I don't know bagels, that, <laughs> not bagels. <laughs> I really, I don't, I don't even know if I say it right or wrong. To be quite honest We'd with love you, it. Uh, I'm like. I'm looking ahead now. Uh, I want to ask Charlie about where he sees this all going. The Flyers right now have seven defensemen. Uh, Mark Stahl does typically not play, mm-hmm. uh, but there could be some more on the move soon. I want to see if he thinks this is going to accelerate the, maybe not need, but desire to trade. Uh, maybe Sean Walker, you know, right-handed defenseman, maybe just... Uh, Sean Walker does have experience on the left side. Maybe it could be uh, Nick Sealer, potentially both. So we'll see about that when he gets here. But just looking at the Flyers' assets right now, they have a pair of firsts this year. They have the first next year. Then either two seconds this year and two next year or one second this year and three next year, depending on what Columbus decides to do with their second round pick. They don't have to make the decision until after the first round this year whether they're going to give the Flyers a second now or later. My guess is they give it to them later because Columbus is terrible, so it's going to be like the 34th overall pick probably. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we'll see how that all works out. But this gets back to just the success of this trade, I guess. It's still like, man, you you lost one of your blue chip guys. You did get a pretty good 21-year-old defenseman. And as we've seen with this coaching staff... Look at the step Travis Sandheim has take. Look at what Sean Walker's doing. Look at what Nick Sealer's doing. Cam York. Shit, Igor Zamula on the power play is all of a sudden like a thing. So, yeah, he's yeah had a he had an assist weeks, on the power yeah. play tonight. He's been not that bad. If he's pretty good and has first pair upside, yeah. you have to believe this coaching staff can get it out of him. And with all the assets that they now have accumulated – this might not be the major loss we think it is, even though it feels like a major loss right now. I, I think why people are upset a little bit, Bill, is because I think
1: that fans feel that now the rebuild took a step back because we got rid of a, a key piece of this rebuild. Yes, absolutely. But keep in mind, the culture that we are building here and then the assets that you just mentioned as well, Bill, like this team could still put together a championship team that everyone is, wants. Matt Vay-Mitchkov is still waiting around the corner as well. Hopefully he can come here on time too. But the culture that's being built with the assets here, I truly feel like the rebuild's right on track. It, I, I do fully believe that we're going to be fine. We have to find the next Carter Gauthier. That That's just life. Everyone is trying to find those key pieces. So keep this train moving. Keep
0: this train moving. That's all that, that's all. What I would say. For do we situation. have Charlie? He's in the link from the... Uh, I should just text you this, but I like to produce on the fly. Uh, <laughs> he says he's in the link from the... Old, from the emergency pod. I don't know if you can reuse those. He has to go to the new one. Do we have a... Okay, cool. All right. Get Charlie on guys. All right, so we will have Charlie O'Connor in just a moment. Until then, let me tell you... About Game Time, baby, you know that I am a big fan of the Game Time app because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game Time is the place for last-minute tickets. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more, and the game time guarantee. Means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you one hundred and ten percent of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHLY for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code PHLY for twenty dollars off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Listen time of year. You might want to start going to some events. I'm eyeing up a ton yeah. of wrestling shows coming up over hey. the next couple of months. I'm going to be using game time for everything I can because a lot of different, it's going to be a lot of different venues in use uh, around the city for WrestleMania week, all that stuff. You don't always know what the sight lines are going to be. You don't always know exactly where you're going to be sitting. It's useful. Great thing about game time, viewer app you can just boom click that see where so the helpful. seats are see exactly what your sight lines are you're not going to ha- hopefully have a stanchion or something right in front of you that you weren't account that you weren't <laughs> counting on it's huge something like that for what's about to happen over the next couple of weeks and months in Philly absolutely recommend recommend the game time app so make sure you use code PHLY and get that discount while you're at it uh, I guess we need to talk a little about the game but I I, I'm more am just thinking it, about like it did feel like the Flyers also were paying attention
1: to this new suit because the way they were playing tonight. Uh,
0: you know, I, I wonder if that like weighed in at all. Maybe we can uh, ask Charlie about that when he does join us. Good question, yeah. uh, but like, I wonder if they knew because uh, Danny Briere said like when they brought up the medical, it's like, well, we've been exchanging that information with the Ducks over the last couple of days. So like. Maybe news broke in the locker room earlier. Maybe the guys have no interest whatsoever because, you know, it's some teenager who ain't here yet, and this is a team (laughs) trying to make the playoffs. Like, none of them know who Cutter Gauthier Like, uh, maybe they've met him at, like, a camp or something, but it's not like he's one of the guys at this point. So I do wonder if that, like, weighed in at all because – I just think this was kind of a weird game. <laughs> Especially after Saturday. Like, Saturday yeah. was such an emotional game. It played
1: so well, so physical, and that, a lot of that lacked here tonight. That's
0: uh, Like, the five penalties in the first period, right. I guess, kind of just put this game in a very, very weird place. Got a power play goal. Um, celebrate that. <laughs> yeah, like, they did score a power play goal. Uh, Owen Tippett gets his 13th of the year. That's big. We're starting to see uh, – <laughs> we're starting to see – uh igor zamula really take ownership of this role as the power play quarterback that's something i guess when drysdale gets here that's one of the first things we're going to look at 13 i think of his 35 career assists are on the power play all the elite prospects notes about him and everything are like oh he's a power play quarterback he can absolutely do that so we're going to ask charlie o'connor about that and some more stuff now that we have Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter joining us live from the uh, from the scene of the crime, the Wells Fargo <laughs> Center. It is Charlie O'Connor. Uh, Charlie, first and foremost, do you have? Uh, did you pay attention to this game at all? Because I sure as hell didn't. Like, do you have any notes on the game itself?
2: Um, very few. I'm planning tomorrow to go back and actually watch the game. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel. We have the day off tomorrow, at least you know, in terms of uh, show schedule. So I'll be able to like go back and actually see what the hell happened here. But I guess we have to start with um, how bad it is to be dealing with birds right now. Whether it's the penguins, the ducks, or the eagles, birds <laughs> are just horrible in Philadelphia. No. Uh, and the BC Eagles, right? Yeah, yeah the Boston College. <laughs> yeah. Fuck birds, man. Fuck birds. I That's think that four, should man. be the, the subtitle of today's episode. Uh, no, but I guess since we last spoke like an hour ago, I get, I've i been trying to put together the pieces of this Cutter Gauthier puzzle. And okay. we were told that this all kind of started at or around or right after the World Championships last year where he said he did not want to be a flyer. Now... yes. If you remember the World Championships, he scored seven goals in 10 games. That is a tremendous number. You know, he just had two in seven at the the World Juniors. But at the World Championships, there is a lot of pro and NHL level talent. He's up against them. He's beating them seven goals. Do you think maybe his showing there and then the team telling him you're not ready, like those two things kind of led to this?
2: look it's possible and briere basically said look we I'd love to give you an answer as to why, but we don't know because he went radio silent on them. Sure, it's certainly possible that that Gauthier wanted the Flyers after his freshman year to basically come to him and beg him to, to, to turn pro immediately. That's possible. Um, you know the, the Kevin Hayes r- rumor, as as you me and you talked about a few hours ago when we broke this down originally. Like that's possible. That could have soured him on the Flyers a bit. It could be a few things. You know who who really knows. Um, but yeah, it, it's a general I know. I think Al Morganti on the intermission uh, show for NBC Sports Philly. He theorized that it could have been something to do with the fact that Gautier wanted to turn pro last summer. Who knows? Honestly, it's one of those things where you can't. And I, my guess is at some point it'll come out as to why you know Gautier at some point is going to give an interview with probably with people in Anaheim and maybe he'll stay, maybe he won't. Maybe it'll get reported later, you know, someone who's close to him will will give the full story. But look I I wanted to see Cutter Gautier play for the Philadelphia Flyers. I was excited about his upside. I do, however, have the belief that, hey, players should have the right, college players, this is part of the process. If they really, really don't want to play somewhere, they have the right to wait four years. And I, the reason why I didn't think he was, it was ever going to become a thing was because I never thought Cutter Grotier would actually play four years of college rather than stuff the flyers. But the way the flyers looked at it is we're not going to take that risk. And we think we can get a legitimate top hair defenseman in Jamie Drysdale and, and mold him into a guy that can be, you know, a, a core member, not just a, a good player, but a really good player. So they went for it. And I, I guess that's really all you can say.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I was just saying to JP, like, the rumors and stuff, until we, like, hear, oh, yeah, I didn't want to play for John Tortorella, like, I'm not going to take a lot of the rumors seriously about why or why not, but Al Morgani is, one, a Hockey Hall of Fame broadcaster and journalist, and two, a man with unending connections to New England, Boston, and the college hockey scene up there, he might have a little bit more information than pretty much anyone else simply because of the people he knows and what has gone on up there. But it is interesting just to bring up Kevin Hayes real quick. I was looking up a list uh, during the third period of NCAA guys who didn't sign and there's a few, like Adam Fox, I think, is the most famous because he was like, right. good luck, I'm only going to the Rangers. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Kerfoot, Jimmy VC also uh, didn't didn't sign with the teams that drafted them. You know who the only first-round pick I could find is? Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes. <laughs> yeah. Just an interesting thing. Just an interesting thing based on an article I read from November 2021. But now, I guess, uh, it's... You know, we're uh, we're on the Cincinnati or whatever the Bill Belichick <laughs> quote is. We are on the Jamie Drysdale. Uh 5 points in 10 games this year. He had 32 points in 81 games as a 19-year-old in 2021-22. Pretty good offensive numbers. Everything I've read about him, like elite prospect scouting reports and stuff are like, "Hey, he's a uh he, he's he's a power play quarterback if nothing else. Like he's going to drive play, he's going to move the puck. What do we know about Jamie Drysdale? Where do you think he fits right now on this blue line?
2: Well, I mean, and I've, I've talked to a few people about this since the since the trade. I My knowledge of Jamie Drysdale basically ends when he got drafted because I remember researching him before the draft and really liking his skill set and being like, hey, this is an exciting guy. This is a guy who, you know, the Flyers are not going to get him, but – If they had any chance of getting him, I would be excited if they got Jamie Drysdale because, you know, obviously he's got the right-handed shot thing going for him, but it's well beyond that. You know, this is a guy who's a really good skater, you know, who has a lot of talent. And I remember going into that draft, I thought he was like the best chance of turning into a legitimate number one defenseman for a team. So thinking back to my last thoughts of Jamie Drysdale, they're pretty positive. However, I haven't watched him at all nor paid close attention to him for the last three years. I know that during that year, um, when he played 81 games and had actually a lot of minutes on a really bad Anaheim team, um, his underlying metrics were really, really bad, like really bad. And that's concerning, to be sure. Um, that said, he was, I believe, like 19 when he put up those numbers, and he was on a horrific team. I, To me, the most exciting part about the Jamie Drysdale in Philadelphia concept is, and I don't know if I touched on this, in our uh, our emergency pop, and I'll certainly break it down now. I have my issues with John Tortorella. I think he's done, generally speaking, a a very good job here in terms of extracting the maximum value out of this team. I am a big, big unabashed fan of Bradshaw, and Bradshaw has. I'm just going to go through here. He has turned rest of line into a legitimately solid nhl defenseman he has taken sean walker who was a salary cap cast off and turned him into a legitimate top four defenseman they're getting the absolute best we've ever seen out of travis tamper i am intrigued to see what bradshaw can do with a guy who like a 21 year old with legitimate top pair like i like Cam york a lot Cam york doesn't have the physical ability that Jimmy drives has I don't know if Jamie Drysdale is going to be a top pair of defenseman. I don't know if he's going to be a number one defenseman. Maybe he'll just be a decent player, but I do know that I trust Brad Shaw and the coaching staff to get as much out of him as they possibly can. And I don't know. That makes me feel good.
1: Hey, <laughs> so obviously we're yeah. going to have to wait from cutter to hear what exactly happened in his opinion here, but we obviously value your opinion here. Just, based off of York, what you got gathered from the context was, what do you think exactly happened? Why did Cutter not want to come to Philly?
2: I mean, I don't know. If I knew, I'd report it. Um, I, as, I, as I reported on on Twitter, you know, I I know now for a fact that the Flyers were shopping him at last draft. Um, it seems like they definitely were prioritizing and Breer straight up said this, they were prioritizing a premium position and it, in return for him, which was either a center or a defenseman, ideally a right-shooting defenseman. So I know the one thing they looked at at the draft was trying to convince Montreal to, uh, to trade the fifth overall pick to them. They would have taken Reimbacher, and then they would have taken Mitch Kopp with the seventh overall pick. Um, so they would have essentially turned Gauthier into Reimbacher. Now they've turned Gauthier into, into Jamie Drysdale. But if you're asking me why Cutter Gauthier didn't want to be a flyer, I don't know. I, I don't know if anyone really truly knows, aside from Cutter Gauthier and his family. Real, real,
1: quick as well to follow that up. You've covered the Flyers during some wacky times. Where does this rank as far as the most shocking moments with the Flyers here in your time?
2: I don't know. I, I, I've covered this team through so many wacky moments. Like I covered this team <laughs> when we, when I was on the road in Denver and we found out Oscar Lindblom had cancer. Like, it, 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 there's been so many bonkers moments with this team. This is actually something I was thinking about today. Well, not today, but literally over the last couple hours that. Maybe we should have seen this coming mm-hmm. for this reason. Cutter Gauthier was Chuck Fletcher's last draft. Pick. And everything Chuck <laughs> Fletcher did it always turned out like the worst case scenario seemingly would come out of it. Like, Oh, I made a great trade to get Ryan Ellis. Yeah. He played four games. Like, Oh, I've got a really good young talented w- winger and a, uh, a second overall pick center. Yeah. Like one guy's basically never going to play again. And the other guy is going to be a shell of himself after he beats cancer. Like so many of the, so many things, like, I'm not saying Chuck Fletcher was a great GM, he wasn't, but I do believe that for whatever reason, in Philadelphia, the man was cursed. And Cutter Gautier had Chuck Fletcher's fingerprints on him, and no one's fault, but it makes perfect sense It's like, of course, Chuck Fletcher's final draft deck would not want to play in Philadelphia because of course, because everything involved, everything that Chuck Fletcher was involved in, it broke wrong for the players. Of course.
0: That's uh I was just like, yeah thinking about how we always joke like and tonight's the tonight's the perfect example the city turns towards the flyers for salvation well they just got their asses kicked by the penguins and one of their top prospects said fuck off i'm leaving like (laughs) that's flyers hockey baby Uh, i want to talk a little bit more about drysdale and just um, obviously, once he gets here, we'll be able to evaluate him better and we'll have the next couple of days really to dive in to what his tenure's been. He's dealt with some injuries. He uh, missed all but eight games last year. He's only played 10 games this year. He missed training camp because, like, Pat Verbeek just wasn't signing his good young players to contracts. So, like, we'll we'll see how this all plays out with him. But just in terms of the makeup of this roster right now, they already have seven defensemen now. Mark Stahl is a regular scratch, and when he plays, it's often not even in place of Zamola anymore. It's just like, hey, we're only dressing eleven forwards, so we're gonna let you get in there. Um, how do you think this plays out? And Do you think it expedites the need or desire to move on from at least one of Sealer, Walker, or, <laughs> excuse me, or maybe even Risto?
2: I mean. To, to me, yes. Like to me, absolutely. Um, one thing that was interesting is that after the game, we did talk to John Tortorella about Jamie Drysdale because he seems very excited about Drysdale. Obviously, the coaching staff was able to watch tape of Drysdale before they finalized his trade, so this is something that Tortorella and his staff were very much involved in as to you know how excited they can get about what Drysdale can turn into. And he said that Travis Sanheim, you know, despite the fact that he spent pretty much the entire year on the right side for the Flyers, that Sanheim might play the left a little bit more because he feels like every Everyone that's all, all six defensemen who are currently in the rotation, he thinks they're all playing well. So he doesn't necessarily, he said they might play seven defensemen more and they might move shanheim over to the left to accommodate Drysdale to keep Drysdale on the right. To me, this, like, and this is just an opinion. This is not anything I've heard from the Flyers. To me, the minute you get Jamie Drysdale, then the decision is clear. You're trading Sean Walker. Like, that's it. It's just, it's happening because now you have drivesdale who presumably you see as as a key member of your team in the future you have stanheim who can play the right sides very well as he's shown this year you have oliver bonk coming you have brasses was under contract for the next few years at least to me this is a okay now we get whatever we can get for sean walker because he just doesn't fit anymore like that to me and and that could be a really good thing because yeah they didn't get a first round pick in this trade but maybe they get a first round pick in the sean walker trade
1: Huh? <laughs> I, I know, I know the trade just happened, but did they say any word of how soon we could see Drysdale out there?
2: Yeah, they expect to see Drysdale at practice tomorrow in Borden Chordarella nice. said after the game. He uh, he spoke with Drysdale over the phone. He said, seems like a great kid. Um, All the reports they've gotten about his character have been really positive. He said it was obvious on the phone call that Drysdale's head is spinning. You know, he's a 21-year-old, is what Tortorella said. Like, what do you expect? He's never been traded before. He's probably a mess right now. But he said he very much expects, based on the conversation, that Drysdale will be able to get into town um, by, uh, by 12 noon tomorrow and be on the ice for practice. So we'll get to talk to him then.
0: Charlie I saw you uh I saw you tweet uh, a Danny Briere quote about the um about the health of Jamie Drysdale, they said over the last couple of days they've been exchanging the medical information. He's optimistic; the injuries are behind him. He said he looks healthy, uh, but did he expand on like why he believes a dude who missed basically all of last year in the first, or you know, thirty of the first thirty-two games or whatever it was of this season, why he thinks this guy's going to stay healthy?
2: Well, I mean, I can't speak to the injury this year. I don't know what the specific injury was. It's honestly, been a mystery, not- yeah. And, and, and I'm not saying this to be mean uh, to uh, the Anaheim media, but the fact of the matter is that there just aren't that many people covering the Anaheim Ducks, and I think that it's, I I suspect it's less that it's being shrouded in secrecy, and more that there just aren't enough people reporting on the Ducks to find out what his injury is. That's my suspicion. I know the injury last year was a torn labrum. It's a serious injury but it's not a career-ending injury it's an injury that you know you get surgery for you sit out a while and then you come back and you're probably okay so to me unless the injury this year was some type of recurrence of the injury from last year the torn labrum i don't really see much of a reason to be worried it just it's glaring because he hasn't played that much and he missed all of last year but i Look, you never know with injuries, and it's the Flyers. I mean, they've had such bad luck with injuries that I guess you can't rule out the possibility. But look, if, if, if you're going to go into every single player that gets added to the team and assume that the worst-case injury scenario is going to happen, then just stop following the team. Because, like, you don't have to be <laughs> pessimistic about everything.
0: Charlie, I'm contractually not allowed to stop following the team. You know I signed a contract, so I'm gonna just assume that these dudes. I'm um, listen. I realize that it's luck, but um, I just saw a comment a couple of, a couple of people ago that said worst luck of any sports franchise, and it's hard to argue. It's very hard to argue that, but I am holding out some optimism about Jamie Drysdale fitting in here and at least remaining relatively healthy. This is hockey. It's a contact sport. Dudes get hurt, mm-hmm. uh, but mm-hmm. I-, I just hope like he doesn't step on the ice here and miss like 10 because that's just going to – if you think Flyers Twitter is in a, uh, is in a panic right now, I mean, my God, that is going to send everyone into an absolute tailspin, Charlie. Um, I'm just trying to, like, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this whole thing. And I guess, like you said, we should have seen it coming. Um, But in terms of, I guess, the big question now, in terms of the rebuild, do you think this pushed back the timeline or messed with the timeline of the rebuild at all?
2: I mean, it could. Look, basically what they did is they swapped Cutter Gauthier for Jamie Tristow. Now, you can have your opinions on who is the better prospect. Presumably, I would think most people would say Gauthier is the better prospect because he has more helium right now. He's coming off the Great World Juniors. He's a couple of years younger. I get that. That said, like if Jamie Drysdale, like even if Cutter Gauthier is a first line, really good player for Anaheim, if Jamie Drysdale is a first pair, number one defenseman for the Flyers, like all you just did was swap problems. Then suddenly it's, well, we thought we we thought we thought had a first line center, but we needed a 1D. Now we have a 1D, we need a first line center. It's still a problem, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the timeline has changed. Now, obviously, if Jamie Drysdale is nearly a decent second pair of defensemen, then suddenly, yeah, then then the timeline for the rebuild is, I guess, pushed back because you said you need high-end talent. Now you only have one blue chipper rather than potentially two in, in Mitch Kopp and Goethe, and now you're saying Drysdale's just okay. But I don't think it necessarily has to push the timeline back. It just means that Jamie Drysdale has to be really good. Now, whether he's going to be really good or not, I don't know. I guess the one positive is we'll find out much quicker whether we think Jamie Drysdale is going to be really good If he for the next, you know, three, four months of the season just looks like shit, then yeah, then maybe they are further away in terms of of where they need to be on the rebuild. But if Jamie Drysdale's awesome and he can be that number one defenseman that we knew for, for the past year that they lacked in the pipeline, then I don't think it slows down the rebuild at all. So really, it just comes down to Drysdale.
1: Real quick, Charlie, I don't know how much you can comment on this, but going back to the ice, it did feel like the players were a little distracted. Any chance maybe these players were hearing about this news at all anything you can comment on that
2: I don't think so um, okay. we, we talked to Travis Sanheim after the game and he basically said like he just found out when he got off the ice um, okay. so no I guess you all know for sure but it's not like these guys are have their phones in their pockets when they're going on the ice like they, the are <laughs> lo- they are fully they are fully locked into the game I also wouldn't be surprised if um if the Flyers maybe ask the Ducks, like, let's not announce this until after the game starts so our players don't get distracted, wouldn't be surprised if that played into it. But no, I, I don't think this was a case of, like, the Flyers played bad because they were shell-shocked that Cutter Goate got traded. I think the only people that are shell-shocked are Flyers fans.
0: Yeah, and I while I think, like, players probably have their phones, like, at intermission, I bet you there's a big difference between, like, a Nick Sirianni locker room and a John (laughs) Tortorella. Just having no idea about really either, but just taking an educated guess here, bet you there's a little bit of a difference on, like if cam york pulls out his fucking phone at intermission cam york might not like his ice time in the second and third period so, Very true. like all right charlie um now that we have all that taken care of we're gonna do no we're not actually gonna do three stars because i have no <laughs> idea what happened in this game i don't think anyone watching has any idea what happened in this game i'm gonna try to catch up tomorrow uh we can talk about this whenever the hell the next time we talk is uh but thanks for your uh, thanks for joining us tonight twice that is charlie o'connor philadelphia's number one beat reporter and i will uh talk to you wednesday
2: all right sounds good thanks guys all
0: right and uh before we go any further i have to tell you about our friends at rocket money Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. And who doesn't need that? Uh, I can see all my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, I can cancel with just a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service, which is a dream come true for me because... Talking on the phone, dealing with customer service. I would sometimes rather just pay a bill than deal with customer service. Rocket Money understands that, and they take care of it for me. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million dollars in canceled subscriptions stop wasting money on things you don't use cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com/phly that's rocketmoney.com/phly rocketmoney.com/ph <laughs> L. Y. All right, uh, not a ton of time left in tonight's post game, in which we did not talk about the game at all. I, did I even they give the final score? I think the Flyers lost four uh, one. Yeah, yeah, we we talked about it that at the uh, at the beginning, but now it's just a question of what next with this team. Yeah. Uh, I thought Saturday's game was a bounce back performance, mm-hmm. and they come out tonight against a. A Penguins team that has been much much better lately. Uh, That when we saw them in December for those uh, for that home and home, they sucked. They were dead in the water. I think they were on like a twenty five game goalless drought on the power play. They come in tonight and they scored like fifteen seconds in on the power play or something. Uh, Sean Couturier got called for a trip and they scored right away on the power play. So uh, it's it's just a different Penguins team right now. This was kind of a big game just in terms of. You want to beat these teams that are all in this. If you're really on board with this, oh, we got to make the playoffs thing, you got to beat these teams that are in and around where you are in the standings. The Penguins obviously have the high-end guys. Sidney Crosby is having one of the best seasons ever for a dude his age, Uh, but they lack depth, they lack Uh, some different aspects of their game but they're hot right now the Flyers were unable to beat them tonight we will see how it goes they have three more games this week three more post games coming up for you so we're gonna have we're gonna be talking to you a lot the next few nights Uh, but I I hope to see this team turn it around yeah because they've already banked probably too many points to be a top draft pick if they miss the playoffs they're going to be drafting in that you know 10 plus range which you just lost your you know guy you took fifth overall you're gonna want to replace him with something now like i said they do have two first round picks and a bunch of other assets They're going to trade Sean Walker. It seems probably Nick Seal or two. You're going to get something in return for them. Maybe you're able to turn that into a third first round pick. Maybe you're able to move up with a couple of those picks, get into that top ten, and kind of replace Gauthier in the system depth chart, in the organizational depth chart. But a lot of moving pieces right now. I really don't know what to think of this team. So it's a whole new storyline as we move into this new
1: year. Got a little hanky there. Now, I mean, in the long term, obviously, we've got to reshape and rethink some of our pieces for the long term. But just looking at tonight, like obviously, like we have to joke, like they did look a little distracted here tonight. It wasn't the same type of effort you saw on Saturday against Calgary you didn't see the same physicality either. You saw against Calgary as well. It looks like the Flyers dominated in every aspect on Saturday. Not something you saw here today. But one thing that they mentioned in the broadcast is very telling. This Flyers team has not allowed a lot of shots on goal. And when they're winning games, they don't allow a lot of shots on goal.
0: And there were like 90 shots tonight. Yeah. It was, it was some like absurd total. There was still like seven or eight minutes left. And I heard JJ be like, oh, there's been like 80 shots. I was like, what? How? When? But like, obviously there were other things going on that we were kind of looking into, uh, looking into other than tonight's Seriously. actual on ice game. So we will be back with you following the, uh, Following the game on Wednesday, we have an actual show on Thursday. Then Friday, sure. Saturday, there will be post games as well. So lots of PHLY Flyers coming up this week, uh, but that will do it for us. Tonight was PHLY Flyers brought to you by Mortgage CS. And I, I don't know how many times I got to tell you, you got to look into Mortgage CS. It stands for Mortgage Concierge Service, and that's what they all are, a Full service, uh, a full service mortgage company. Anything you need to know, whether you're about to buy a home, you're in the process of buying a home, you're looking at it down the line, do yourself a, va- a favor. Call or text Ben right now. Save that number uh to your phone. Sure he's Carol, got some
1: interesting comments on Gocha Yeah,
0: I'm sure. <laughs> listen, he will also talk to you about Philly sports. Tonight is a night. Uh, If you're listening on pod and don't see the number on your screen, it's 267-391-7425. That's Ben Stucker, CEO of Mortgage CS. Uh, They're a great company, really looking to build that community aspect that we love here at PHLY. And uh, it's a perfect fit, us and them. And they're they're our legitimate presenting sponsor here at PHLY Flyers. So make me look good. Make me look good and hit up our friends over at Mortgage CS. All right, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you to Charlie O'Connor for joining us. Thank you to my guy Andrew behind the glass for JP. My name is Bill Matz. See you Wednesday, Flyers fans. Screw you, go (laughs) check. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com.